It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you to today's edition of Calvary Live. I am Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, ready to take your calls and questions. As you just heard, the number to call to be on the air is 303-690-3000. Lines are open. Grab one of those open lines. We'd love to hear from you as you ask questions. Uh, maybe your Bible reading has brought up some questions that I'd love to help bring some clarity and understanding uh, as best I can, pointing you to the Word of God. So 303-690-3000, maybe you got questions about Christian living. Uh, maybe you got some questions about current events. How does it affect us uh, as a Christian? What's our Christian worldview going to be towards uh, the things that we see taking place all around us? So give me a call at 303-690-3000. And then there is a text line for texting only at 720-336-0897. Let me give you that number again, 720 720-336- Three six zero eight nine seven, and I would encourage you if you're a regular listener to Calvary Live, put those numbers in your contacts, and then you can just pull it right up and give us a call to be on the air live at three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can text in a question at seven two zero. Three three six zero eight nine seven. As we're waiting for calls to come in again, give us a call. You make the show. I'd love to hear from you, talk to you about the things of the Lord, talk to you about the truth of God's Word, to pray with you. If you got prayer requests, I know that those of you who are listening at Grace FM all along the Front Range in Colorado, up into southern Wyoming, uh, by the way, we pray that you in southern Wyoming are, are all safe today. You had a rough day yesterday. I believe it was 17 tornadoes that touched down in southeast Wyoming, all in our listening area, even into the panhandle of Nebraska. Uh, what I understand, a little bit of damage, but uh, no one hurt, and that's good news. But wow. What a event that was as we watched it build up here in Greeley, heading up north. We're glad you're safe. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. And then also, we welcome all of you from the Hope FM uh, listeners on the East Coast. Uh, you can call in at that number as well. And the text number is 720-336-0897. I want to start out with a text question that came in because it really caught my attention. And it says that there seems to be so many spiritual beliefs being taught. How do we know what is really true? And the reason that it taught, uh, caught my attention is because that uh, it's very important for us uh, with all the voices that are out there to be able to determine what really is true and what is not. We know that that was true back in the early church as well. John, it, uh, as he was writing his epistle, that he would write in First John chapter 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so we need to understand that as things are being said, uh, any Bible teacher, any lesson from the Scriptures, anyone who's claiming to proclaim truth, that we filter it through testing the spirits. How do we test the spirits? Well, we don't base it just on miracles. There are some that will say, hey, miracles are happening. You need to receive this as truth, what has taken place. And we can't base it just on miracles because 
We know that Satan can do miracles. We know that in the book of Exodus, that when Moses threw down uh, his staff that turned into a serpent, that it was the Egyptian magicians that did the same thing. We know that there's going to be one that will come on the scene called the Antichrist, that's going to deceive the whole world with lying signs and wonders. So we can't just base it on miracles. Yes, God does perform miracles. I think he works miracles today. But we need to hear what it is that's being said that goes along with those miracles. Uh, we can't just base it on feelings. God has given us feelings, but feelings can mislead us. And sometimes there are those that will say, well, you need to believe this testimony of, uh, of Jesus Christ or this new gospel. And even like, for example, the Mormons will tell those who they're trying to convert that you'll get a burning in your bosom. Well, we can't just base things on feelings because even though feelings are real in our lives and God has given us feelings, they can mislead us. The way to test the spirits to see if they are true is tested through the Word of God. And that is the Word of God, our final authority. So uh, all you listeners that are out there, I I know that most of you know this, but it's so important with the voices that are out there and this question being asked, how do we know with all the spiritual sayings and all the spiritual teachings that are out there and what our culture is teaching us that we should, you know, uh, embrace every religion, we should embrace uh, whatever to be truth, um, we need to filter it through the Word of God because the Word of God is our final authority. Now, another scripture I want to give to you, you who text in this message, is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It is a verse that I'm constantly reminding my congregation, uh, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the... Um, so that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is inspired by God. And listen, that means from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And sometimes there are those who will come along and say, well, we can believe the words of Jesus, but, you know, the, the writers, we can't really believe them. They're just kind of uh, given their, uh, you know, interpretations or whatever the case may be. Listen, it's all inspired by God. And we can take it, and we can uh, hang our hat on it as truth, and we filter everything through the Word of God. That's why we place an importance of the Word of God here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, going through the Scriptures. And on Grace FM, you hear the wonderful Bible teaching, going through the Word of God, as you hear the wonderful uh, Bible teachers that are there teaching us what a blessing it is to have. And I always say this as well, that if you are not in the Word of God, you will get deceived uh, in the day in which you're living in, because there's too many voices out there, and we need to to know that there are those voices out there that will appeal to the flesh, it will sound good, it will be some deception mixed in with truth, and you got to be able to discern what is true and what is not true, and that is through the Word of God. You know, it's like if I was to sit down at a dinner uh, and you had you know a number of items there, and you said, "Well, most of it's good, but I accidentally dropped a bottle of poison in and some of it, and some of it may be bad." 
you know, that, that would be troublesome. And there are those when they are false teachers, even as John says, there's many false prophets that have gone out into the world. We need to be careful um, to be able to uh, discern what is true, and uh, that's the way false teachers are. They don't just come with a bunch of uh, false things that you're going, that's really off the wall. They will mix in that deception with some truth, and that's what makes it appealing. They will appeal to your flesh as well. So good question. Uh, give me a call uh, as we go to line one to Dave in Longmont with our first caller. Dave, you're on Calvary Live. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for covering the show today. Thank you for all you do. You bet. It's my pleasure and, and a privilege for me to be here. Um, I need prayer, without a doubt. Um, I've really been struggling today. Um, I'm really, I guess, just torn up because uh, today I had you know, committed a, a sin, you know, knowing sin, uh, that was something from my past. And, um, you know, I've been really standing strong and, um, you know, really seeking and, um, just, you know, serving the Lord with all my heart. And, um, I guess I just, I I felt like I just, I got weak and I was blindsided by the enemy and, um, you know, like I, I went back from, from something that was in my past, and uh, it's, just, it's just, you know, tearing at me really hard, Pastor Jeff. Yeah, and I'd love to pray with you, Dave, and, and it's it's difficult. You know, we have those struggles, and it seems like, you know, that flesh rears up its ugly head at us, and we can give in to that temptation. We can give in to that sin, and uh, and that's why, you know, the good news is, as John writes, I was just quoting from John's uh, epistle, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I'm so glad that we we're able to do that. And part of that confession I hear in your voice and what you're saying, that confession literally means in in uh, the Bible that you're in agreement that this is wrong. Um, you know, uh, it's wrong, Lord. Um, I confess it. Um, it is forgiven, and now it's just, okay, Lord, I need to move on. But it also shows us the importance of how we need to walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the desires of the flesh. And none of us do that perfectly, Dave. And uh, so I'm going to pray with you that the Lord will strengthen you, and um, you keep moving forward. Uh, Put this under the blood of Jesus Christ, and and we're going to pray that the Lord strengthens you uh, to just stay away from that sin. There are some sins that, you know, can be a struggle, and um, just some things of the flesh that can be a struggle, and uh, we just certainly need prayer. So, Father, I pray for Dave. I pray that you would just give him the strength uh, to walk according um, to your ways. Uh, he has confessed his sin, uh, but, Lord, he's also uh, grieved over it. And um, I pray that you would just uh, minister to him, not only your forgiveness, uh, as we are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ, um, and we know that the Bible says that, but also that you administer your comfort to him. I pray for Dave that you would help him to just uh, be able to move forward in you, to walk in the Spirit, um, that he keep his eyes on you, that you give him the power to walk a life of holiness. 
in his life and to pursue righteousness as we're told to do and to live that life pleasing to you. But I am thankful for your incredible grace and forgiveness. Be with Dave. Bless him. Um, Just be with him. I know your love remains with him. Uh, Just strengthen him uh, in everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. I, I really appreciate it. I just, I was pretty torn earlier, and, you know, I went into some quiet time, and, and you know, I mean, God knows. I mean, but I I confess yeah. to Him, but I just really wanted to call you because I, I really try to follow you and Pastor Ed and, and um, just, you know, needed the prayer also along with being able to just, you know, confess that to you. But I know first yeah. and foremost, I, you know, I went before him in prayer and confessed it to yeah. him, but thank you so much for that. Thank you for your show yeah. and, and all you guys you do. Bet. I really follow and I love it. Thanks. You bet, Dave. I'm so glad that you're blessed by it. So, all right, give me a call, 303-690-3000. And we do take prayer requests. That's one of the the things that we do here on Calvary Live, because this is a show not only to answer questions for you, but to be able to pray for, like Dave, who needed prayer. And I know that there are some of you out there that are listening that you need prayer. You just need that that prayer. And all the listeners uh, in uh, Colorado and Wyoming and then on the East Coast and Pennsylvania and in Delaware, you know, they're going to be praying, uh, or those in New Jersey, uh, Maryland, uh, they are going to be praying for you, and they are going to be, um, you know, joining together as we do, uh, join together in prayer. And so give me a call so we can pray for you and bless you in that way. 303-690-3000. We do have open lines and would love to hear from you. You're the ones that really make the shows. You call in on Calvary Live and we want to be able to just talk about the things of the Lord. While we got a little, um, uh, waiting here for callers to come in. We'll go back to our text line at 720-336-0897 is uh, how you can call in or text in a question, that is, um, but also calling in at 303-690-3000. I do want to uh, just let you know that I'll be here uh, during the summer months. I'll be teaching uh, and uh, I know that some pastors take sabbaticals uh, during the summer, and uh, but I'll be here teaching in Luke's Gospel on Sunday morning, and we are going to be looking at Zacchaeus on Sunday morning in Luke chapter 19. Uh, we uh, know him from perhaps a Sunday school song that says that Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was him, and uh, we're going to really look that he was the chief tax collector. He was not just a wee little man. He was a scoundrel. He was one that um, would cheat people. And we're going to talk about what it was like with the tax collectors in those days. But he found Jesus. And actually, it was Jesus found him. He climbed up in a tree. He wanted to see Jesus, who he was. And Jesus stopped and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. Uh, I'm going to stay at your house. And here's the invitation to you, that the Lord desires to spend time with you, to come to your house, to spend time with you, to dine with you, sup with you. It's, it's um, As Revelation 3 says, he knocks on the door of your heart, and if you open up your heart, that he will come in and dine and sup, is what he says. That means fellowship and talk with you. And salvation came to Zacchaeus, and we're going to look at that wonderful, wonderful story uh, that takes place there in Luke chapter 19. Also, uh, as 
uh, to remind you, uh, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, three Sunday morning services with children's ministry and middle school that takes place. And then on Wednesday nights, we're in the Old Testament, Book of Ecclesiastes, which is another very important lesson for us because Ecclesiastes teaches us that apart from God, we can pursue the, you know, things, our labor, our popularity, uh, riches, uh, relationships, whatever the case may be, and apart from God, it's going to leave you empty over time. There is pleasure in passing, um, pleasure in the world. There is a temporary satisfaction, but if you want to have true, lasting satisfaction and fulfillment and purpose in life, it is only found in Jesus Christ. So it's a very important lesson. So I hope that um, that uh, you can come out and join us on Wednesday nights uh, and 7 o'clock where we have children's ministry, nursery, middle schoolers, high schoolers meet. Uh, we just, it's a wonderful time to be able to meet because some of you may be going out on the weekends, heading up in the mountains, going camping, and Wednesday night is a good option for you. And Wednesday nights have been a big part of our fellowship here at Calvary Chapel. So Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, check out our, our webpage at our, our location at calvarychapelgreeley.com. Let's go to our callers, to line one to Michael in Denver. Michael? Michael, hello, you're on pa- the air. Hello, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Oh, I'm blessed of God, Pastor. Good. Um, I just, I just kind of need some direction a little bit, and uh, and I need some prayer. Uh, I've, I've had to do a forced, uh, self-imposed retirement because I can't really work anymore, and I've applied for Social Security and disability. Um, and now I have time on my hands and I have no excuse why I cannot be used by God to minister to other people like me, like homeless and stuff, the homeless I I live around. So, and I really don't, I don't know the, I don't know the ins or outs of where to begin other than just making my steps, my feet available to God to direct put me in the right direction, you know what I mean? So I right. need prayer for my, for my benefits that I've applied through, and I just need prayer for direction and guidance on to be a witness, like, you know, for God to, to God to minister to the, these homeless folks through through me because I'm sitting around a bunch of them right now. Right. Yeah. And it's right. So I just yeah. need prayer. And know that God can use you and desires to use you where you're at. You know, it reminds me of, because sometimes I'll get questions, Michael, and um, I think you're heading, hitting on something very important for all our listeners to understand that um, sometimes we think if things get better or if things, you know, uh, fall into place, you know, in this way, then I can minister. But God wants to minister through you where you're at right now. And I just want to give you, James, you probably know the verse, that if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of sea driven and and tossed by the wind. So, you know, Michael, we're going to pray for you, that God gives you wisdom, that God can use you. It is in our weaknesses that what? He makes us strong, right? 
and he desires to make you strong. He desires to use you where you're at. He's going to provide for you. He's going to bring the people into your life uh, that's going to guide you and answer the questions because it can be a complicated kind of thing and, you know, asking um, for, you know, help, you know, going through social security and disability and all this. It's, it's a complicated kind of thing. So we're going to pray for you for all that. So father, I pray for Michael. I, I pray that as he's not working right now and he's um, looking at social security disabilities it can be a complicated thing. It can be something that really weighs on us in a long process that you would just give him wisdom, the right people that will guide him and direct him to give him counsel, to give him legal advice, to be able to steer him in the right direction to get the paperwork done and that you would provide him. But Lord, I also pray that you would give him wisdom and how to minister to those, even as he right now is around homeless people to let them know that there's hope in Jesus Christ, to let them know that the Lord loves them and cares for them, and that you use Michael in that way. And I thank you for his call. I thank you that he calls in asking for prayer, and I pray that you would just uh, do that work. Speak to him in that still, small voice. Go and speak to him. Be that voice behind him, as Isaiah 30 says, that this is the way. Go to the left, go to the right. And I pray that you would work on his behalf in a wonderful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if God could just break me up, break me of the bad habit of not praying enough and not reading the Word enough, I will be so much better. You know, and, and here's the thing, Michael, I want to encourage you, because I know in my life, it isn't that I don't read the Word, and it isn't that I don't pray, but, you know, I can get days or have days, uh, you know, even go through weeks where I think, you know, I really didn't pray as much as I should. I didn't read as much as I should. Listen, that's what's so wonderful about God's incredible grace is that he is just looking for you to to stay close to him. It isn't, sometimes I can think if I read more and if I pray more, then God, you're going to you know, then approve me, you're going to love me more, you're going to work more in my life. You know, I, I know, I, under, I understand that there is power in prayer, and it's a vehicle in which God works. But listen, Michael, just stay close to the Lord. And just have that attitude of prayer and reading the Word when you can. And the Lord loves you, and He wants to work on your behalf. So He's a loving Father. And um, so we're going to keep praying for you. Let us know how it goes, okay? I will definitely do that there, there, Jeff. God bless right. you. Can I say a prayer for you? Sure, I, absolutely. Father, I pray for Pastor Jeff, Pastor Ed, Owl, and Pastor Al, and all these men of God who come on uh, on this I, I, on at four o'clock every day. Lord, I pray I lift them up to you, Father God. I ask first of all that you bless them because of their 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 love. For you and for the love, and their love for the, for the for the for your children, I pray God that you bless them in their in their health, in their families, in their ministries, in all that they, all facets of their lives, and I pray God that you keep your hand of protection upon them, Lord, and keep doing what you're doing through them, Father God, that they would continue to be that guiding force as shepherds of the, of the flocks, Father God, 
the name of your son, Jesus, I pray this. Amen. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate your prayers. Um, I appreciate all you guys. You bet. It's our pleasure. All right. God God bless you. All right. This is how it works. When somebody hangs up, there's an open line. So grab one of those open lines and let's just continue, you know, praying for people. Isn't it wonderful to have the body of Christ come together and just pray for one another and uh, pray for our situations, for our families, uh, for other things? It's so important that we take the time to be able to do that. So let's go to line two to Karen um, in Lakewood. Karen? Yes. Hi there. Um, How are thank you? you for taking my call. Absolutely. So um, I was driving and you heard your show, and I just left my house. And mm-hmm. I just would like to pray for my neighbors. Um, okay. So I'll give you a little bit of the background. The uh, It's just a family of three, a husband and wife with a, with a son, and they're a young couple. Probably The parents are like in their early 40s, and it was maybe five or six years ago that the father had a stroke, uh, fairly debilitating, um, and he, you know, his speech is very limited, and he has, you know, trouble walking. So the the wife and the mother really is taking the the lead there and, and trying to raise their son, who's now in fifth right. grade, and, um, and he... The family is just struggling. The young boy has like anger and learning issues, and mm-hmm. and I just love them. Um, sure. The, and so they're not believers, um, but we still want to extend ourselves. And and I just am asking for some prayer um, yeah. for this family to overcome. Uh, I guess kind of the evil that's 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 come upon them. Right. Right. And, and Karen, you know, I think how blessed that they are to have a neighbor, you, who cares for them, to be able to call in and ask for prayer. And I would just continue as much as you can, because you said they're not believers, um, to just show that love of Christ to them and showing that you care, you know, even and I don't know if you know the situation a whole lot better than I do. Do even as you see them or have opportunity, say, "Do you mind if I just pray with you and for you?" Um, I don't know if they're open to that, but I know I do that a lot, especially uh, over the years in, in my ministry out in the community. I'll just say, "Can I pray for you?" And it's amazing how people will be open to that. But just showing the love of Christ, I'm just kind of throwing some things out there because I think. You have a, I can tell, I don't think, I can tell that you have a real heart for your neighbors and um, a love for them and a concern for them. And um, so we're certainly going to pray. And you just keep keep reaching out as much as you can and to let them know there's hope in Christ, you know. And um, he is our hope and for their family. In fifth grade, it's a tough age, isn't it? It, it really is, and he's such a cute young man. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so why don't we go ahead and pray before we hit the break? And Father, okay. I just pray. I pray for Karen. I thank you that she tuned in. She cares about her neighbor. She cares about their situation. The the wife is the caretaker right now. The the husband uh, at a young age had the stroke and and some 
um, to some uh, ch- uh, physical affirmities that he's going through. Lord, we just pray for their son who's in fifth grade, who's really, it's a tough age. And I pray that um, somehow you'd use Karen to be able to minister to them the love of Christ, that you would open up their hearts, that you would um, draw them to yourself, that you give Karen wisdom and direction. But Lord, we pray that you would work uh, in their midst. And more than anything, that salvation would come to their house. They would know there's hope in Christ. They would know that you're the answer. And Lord, that um, that you would um, show yourself strong on their behalf. Just be with Karen. I thank you that she's there. You placed her there uh, next door to them or uh, close to them. And I pray that you would give her the wisdom that she needs to be able to talk with them and minister to them, that you give those divine appointments and opportunities uh, to be able to share Christ with them. Uh, You prepare their hearts. And Lord, we just commit all this to you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Oh, in Jesus' name. Thank you. You bet, Karen. And, you know, let us know how it's going. You know, continue to call and ask for prayer, and I'll put this in my prayer journal, and we'll certainly be praying. Hey, everybody, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. It's so good to be with you this afternoon. I am Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. I'm in studio ready to take your calls and your questions at 303-690-3000. Let's go right to the phone lines with um, Amber in Aurora. Amber, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you, Amber? Uh, not too well. Uh, my daughter sorry. is 16, um, okay. and she has been running off, and she was actually in treatment for being trafficked, and um, she actually ran from the facility Thursday, um, okay. and we have no idea where she is. Um you know, I went to the courts and took my name off the bond just in case she come in contact maybe with um, police. You know, they would pick her up and we would know that she's okay. Um, but she hasn't called anyone. Um, no one has seen her. So we, we, we just, we need massive prayer. We, you know, we just, yes. I just want my daughter to come home. Yeah, yeah. And certainly we're going to pray. And Amber, I'm so sorry. We're going to lift her up to the Lord. The Lord knows where she's at. And... Um, he still loves her, and we're going to pray for her safe return. We're going to pray that the Lord brings people to intervene, to put her in a place of safety. And um, I know this has got to be so hard because I have a daughter myself who's 19, and um, and you know I love my daughters uh, more than anything. I love all my children, but they are everything to me. And so, Father, I pray for, for Amber. I just pray for her daughter who's gone through a difficult time. Um, you know the situations. You know what is in her heart, what she's rebelling from. She's run away. No one has heard from her. I pray for your hedge of protection around her, 
that you would minister to her right now, even as we speak, even as these words are going across the airwaves, that you would minister to her heart that she would call and come home, and that she would um, come to her family, she'd come to a place of safety, that you would send somebody to her uh, to minister to her, to make sure she gets to that place of safety. Lord, I pray for Amber that you would just give her a peace in her heart right now, even though... I can't imagine what she's going through, but you do, Lord. And you are the God of comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulations, um, even when we are pressed beyond measure. And she's pressed beyond measure right now. She cares and loves her daughter. And, Lord, I pray and lift her up to you. I pray that you would bring her home, but most importantly, bring her to that place where you draw her to yourself. Because she can run away from her family. She can run away from problems, but she can't run away from you. You know where she's at. Your eyes are on her. So, Lord, that you would just do that work and show yourself strong on her behalf and for Amber and for the whole family. We lift all this up. That you would work in in a mighty way. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Hey, Amber. Keep keep us in touch. We're I'm gonna keep praying. We're gonna keep praying. And um and um we're gonna pray that the Lord really uh is going to just work a mighty work in your daughter's life, okay? Yes, thank you so much. God bless you. Okay, God bless you. All right. You know, it's so heartbreaking, uh our our children and, and how difficult it is to Amber as she praying for her daughter that's been missing, uh, for Karen, who, you know, is concerned about her neighbors. And, you know, it, it's so hard, the world today. And uh, last week we did Vacation Bible School. And the last couple weekends we've done family barbecues with the youth. And, and personally, my heart is just really reaching out to our children and to our youth in ministering the love of Jesus Christ to them. I, I don't want it just to be about fun and games and entertainment. We have fun. We play games. We had a great time. We played dodgeball, and it, it was fun, you know, out in the back and, and just, you know, had a good time. But we really want to get them grounded. We want to love them. We want to them to know that God has a wonderful plan and future for them. And so um, we need to be praying for our children. And I just want to encourage you fathers, listen, you fathers that are listening out there, you speak grace and love and encouragement to your children, to your daughters every single day, all right? Speak grace and love and encouragement to them because if we are not speaking that to them in the things of the Lord, then the world's knocking right at the door and the world's going to be looking for them. So I just pray for parents. I pray um, for grandparents, we minister to our youth and they're going through a hard time. Continue to pray for Amber, um, for her daughter. And, uh, it's, it's, Satan's working overtime on our youth. He is working overtime on families and we need to be in prayer always. So let's go to line one to James in New Jersey. James? James? James in New Jersey. Call back if you, you know, I know it's a week delay for you, but love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. Uh, let me just kind of read kind of what I was asking, what I got on on, um, on the script here. 
but um, he's asking about a camel through the needle, uh, then why would God make someone rich, that is Solomon, does he not want that person to go to heaven? And actually, it's kind of a good observation. Um, I'm going to read from uh, Luke chapter 18 as the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And many of you know the story of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. He was young. He was rich. Uh, Luke says he was very rich. And we know that he was a ruler, which means he was probably uh, a ruler of the synagogue. And so um, as he is the uh, man that comes the the world, I would look at him and envy him. Man, he's successful. He He's a go-getter. Uh, we know that even um, many circles of the church would see him as, man, he's really got it together. He's healthy. He's wealthy. He's of influence. But he's lacking. And as you read Luke and Mark and Matthew and put those uh, contexts together, that story together, the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler is is you know coming to Jesus. He comes and bows down to him and asks him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus reads some of the commandments. Uh, the second uh, part of the Ten Commandments, you know, as he would say to the rich young ruler uh, that, you know, you have heard uh, the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, honor your father and mother. He says, all these things I have done for my youth— Mark then says that he would say, what do I still lack? He's lacking. He's empty. He knows something's missing. And Jesus did not challenge him in keeping those commandments. He could have. And Jesus did not give the last commandment. You see, the last six uh, commandments deal with man's relationship with other men. Um, That's why Jesus is going through those commandments. But he did not challenge him on coveting. And the rich young ruler had a problem where he he was coveting. He was very rich. His possessions possessed him, controlled his life. Um, And Jesus says, give all that you have away, and then um, come follow me. Now, Jesus in that is not saying that those who have possessions and riches need to give all their possessions and riches away to the poor, and then um, you'll have eternal life, because then the poor will be trying to be giving away all that stuff, you know, possessions, so they can have eternal life. What Jesus was saying is that these possessions are really have control in your life and are a priority in your life. And when he heard that, he went away sorrowfully. Now, he then turns, and in Mark's gospel, it says that he turned to his disciples and said, children, how hard it is for a man to uh, who trusts in his riches to enter the kingdom of God. It's like a camel going through the eye of a needle. And, and here's the thing. Jesus is talking about a literal camel passing through a literal needle. And sometimes perhaps you might hear a teaching of in Jerusalem, they would close the gates at sunset and on the Sabbath, and there was a little smaller gate that was called a needle gate that one person could pass through. And if you got all your stuff off your camel and got the camel down on its knees and push and, and strain and pulled and strive, you could get that camel through the eye of the needle or the gate of the needle. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says after that, as the reaction of the disciples was, well, who can be saved? Because here's the thing, as you keep the context, everything what Jesus is saying, in Luke chapter 16, he was addressing the Pharisees because they were lovers of money. 
They were lovers of money. Uh, they were ones that, you know, uh, that uh, thought that spirituality was based on how much you had. And Jesus said, what is approved by man is an abomination to God. In other words, he sees the heart. Now, it is not a sin to have money. It is not a sin to be wealthy. You had Abraham, who was wealthy. He was a friend of God. You had David, who was wealthy. He had a heart after God. You had Solomon, who was very wealthy. He had the wisdom of God. You had Joseph of Arimathea, who uh, would uh, take the body of Jesus down from the cross and put Jesus' body into his tomb that had never been used. And we know that Joseph of Arimathea in John's gospel, we were told that he was wealthy. So Jesus, in addressing, saying that if you're wealthy, you can't go to heaven, um, what he is saying is, like anything else, that is a priority over the Lord. It's the love of money that is the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is people are trusting in their riches. Um, they're not trusting in God. And so that's what the Bible is teaching. But then the Lord says something. As they said, well, who can be saved? And Jesus said, the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. Some people think that if they just push and strain and struggle enough, you know, kind of like that camel going through the eye of a needle, that's what Jesus is saying, then we can be saved. Listen, there's nothing that you can do to be saved. It is faith in Jesus Christ alone, whether you are wealthy or whether you are poor. And and that's what Jesus is saying. With God, it is possible. And Jesus, a short time from that encounter with the rich young ruler, we end up going to Jerusalem and dying for the sins of the world. And he said, it is finished. I've done the work. So it's important that we keep it all in context, and I just kind of get a brief comment on it. But Jesus is not saying if you're rich, you can't go to heaven. What he is saying is if you trust in riches, um, if you trust in anything other than Jesus Christ for your salvation, um, then there's a problem there. And he was hitting on a problem with this rich young ruler who went away sorrowful. So good question, um, James. Uh, I hope you get an answer as it's going to broadcast next week to you. But appreciate you calling. Wish I could talk to you. Hopefully that helps you out in that. Let's go to line two to Tim in North Glen. Hey, Tim, how are you? Good. How are you tonight? Today? Good, Tim. I'm doing oh. great. Thanks for calling. Oh, you bet. I really enjoy your radio program. Good. I wanted to ask you a question about a humanist wedding. I was reading in the paper that these two people, a couple, want to get married and have a humanist wedding somewhere, I think, mm-hmm. in Northern Ireland. One's a soccer player and the other one's a model or something. They're pretty famous okay. people, but I don't understand what a humanist is. I Googled it, and uh, they just said that it was you can get married anywhere you want or something. I don't know. Could you explain it to me? <laughs> I wish I could, <laughs> Tim. You know, I never heard of a humanist uh, wedding. Um, I probably would have done the same thing you did, Google it, and what is a humanist wedding? Um, it sounds like to me, you, know, you heard, have you heard of that term humanism? Um, it's just adopting man's philosophy and man's ways in life, the humanistic right. view. That's pretty much probably tied into the wedding. Um, there is weddings that are done that, um, you know, that exclude God. And, um, we're going to do it the way that we feel is going to be done. So I don't know specifically if that's a new term or something. Uh, I'd have to look into it, a humanistic wedding, 
but it sounds yeah. like to me that there's the exclusion of God in that wedding. Here's the thing that we need to remember, as you probably know, Tim, that marriage was ordained by God, not by right. man. Um, and God said clear back in the beginning in the garden that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That's the definition of marriage. They came along and asked Jesus in Matthew's gospel uh, about marriage, and Jesus said, have you not read? So he puts his stamp of approval on it, right? He says, have you not read that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? He gives the definition, and then he goes on and he says, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder or to tear apart. Um, And he talks about marriage. But we also know that the Scripture says that marriage is a holy institution, holy unto the Lord. And so marriage is very important. And the definition of marriage is between one man and one woman. So what happens is man comes along and tries to pollute the definition of marriage, right? And when it gets away from the definition of the biblical definition of what God says about marriage, I think you can probably call it a humanistic wedding uh, because it's excluding God. God's designed for for marriage. God's designed for the family, and um, and that's what we have in the scriptures given to us very clearly. And we live in a nation now that um, has uh, a supreme court, uh, five justices that have redefined marriage. But we know that God has defined it as Christians, and we need to, um, you know, make sure that we are. Uh, ones that we hold to that. So um, very important. So hopefully that helps you out a little bit. Yeah, it does. Thank you very much. Yeah. So um, I just got a little note. Apparently it's a wedding specifically devoid of religious reference. Uh, The one he's talking about is covered um, by the British Humanist Association. So pretty much what we said. It's devoid right. of any religious reference. It's it's man. So, and I've run into people, kind of interesting, Tim. I've run into people that said, "Well, we went up and hugged a tree, and declared ourselves married." So, um, something like that. All right. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Good question. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. So. Okay. Thank you. B- blessings, Tim. Okay. Thanks. You bet. We have some time. Give me a call, 303-690. Very good questions today and prayer requests that are very important uh, to the lives of people. Let's go to line one to Katie and Greeley. How are you, Katie? I'm fine, Pastor. How are you? I am very good. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> I have a question for you, Pastor, on uh, Revelation. There'll be, there'll be some that live through Revelation or the end times, correct? Yes. And then, then is there? There's a thousand year reign at the end of that. Is that also correct? Yeah. What What kind of the timeline is that? I believe, as you know, Katie, there would be the rapture of the church, where the church is taken to be with the Lord in the air. First uh, Thessalonians chapter four, verses sixteen and seventeen. At that time, after the rapture of the church, uh, the tribulation period begins, as Daniel chapter 9 declares in in chapter 9, verse 27. Revelation chapter 6, verse 2 begins with the Antichrist coming on the scene. 
that starts also what is called the Day of the Lord that you read about in the Old Testament. And when you read about the Day of the Lord, it has judgment that is followed up uh, by, um, you know, a blessing. So seven years of tribulation, we know that um, at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus Christ comes back in what is the second coming of Jesus Christ. We need to keep in mind when we talk about um, the return of the Lord, there's two distinct events. There's the rapture of the church, and then the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he will come back literally, uh, physically, and as he comes back, he will judge the nations. He will separate the sheep from the goats, that's the judgment of the nations, Matthew chapter 25. And then he will um, restore the nation of Israel. Now, there are going to be those believers that are going to make it through the tribulation period, Right. Right. They they will then the millennium reign will begin where righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea, and he will establish his kingdom. Jesus will rule and reign in Jerusalem for a thousand years, and so the earth's going to be repopulated at that time. So um, right. that's the thousand year reigns of Christ. At the end of that thousand years, there is going to be. Uh, Satan, who has been bound up during the millennium reign, that uh, is going to be let out. There's going to be a rebellion that will be immediately squashed and done away with with the Lord. And then uh, Satan will be bound in the Antichrist and false prophet into the lake of fire, that final resting place. And then comes the second resurrection, or the great white throne judgment comes after that. The great white throne judgment is where unbelievers are going to be judged and they're going to be sentenced into the lake of fire. So that's kind of the timeline okay. of, of what we see in the end times. Well, that, that's kind of what I, I was thinking. But my, my question specifically, I guess, on it is, during that thousand years, you said the world would be being repopulated. Um, so will people then, I guess, maybe it's not known, if they'll live for that entire thousand years or if they'll be deaf? Uh, during well, that time, that people will die, certainly if babies are being born. But I wonder if there is a death during that time, where will they go? Because the the rapture has already occurred, and um, has judgment been? Yeah, it, it, and that's a good question. Um, we know that um, that as the kingdom of God is established, righteousness is established. It doesn't mean that there won't be perfect, sinless, you know, it, it isn't heaven, per se, right. as when the new heaven and new earth, no more tears, no more sin, no more rebellion, because at the end of the thousand years, this is what floors me, Katie, that Satan is let out, and he leads this rebellion. Let me just read it to you. Um, the last, you know, hurrah of Satan leading this rebellion, it, it's called Gog and Magog. I think that's yeah. a reference to, I, I think John borrows that because Gog and Magog is not Ezekiel 38, this you know uh, confederation of nations that come against Israel. I think he borrows that term, and it says he will go out, Satan, as he's released from his prison. This is Revelation chapter 20, after the thousand years, when it comes to the end. He will go out and deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is the sand of the sea. And they went up the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and, and beloved city, that's Jerusalem, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. So 
there's going to be a rebellion, but he says the number, which is many, a great multitude. And I think, how can, it just talks about, Katie, the rebellion of man and the hardness of man's heart. How can you have utopia? How can you have the kingdom of God that is there, Jesus in our midst, the the light, the creator of the universe, and then still rebel? But it happens because what does Satan do? He was created being, and he rebelled. Uh, said, I will sit on the throne. I will be like God. I want to be worshipped. He is full of pride. So there is that rebellion that takes place. Now, when it comes to death, here's the thing that in Isaiah chapter 65, it, it kind of gives a little hint. It says, um, in Isaiah, you kind of got to follow the flow because he's talking about the new heaven and the new earth. And then he talks in verse 20 of chapter 65. Isaiah says, No more shall an infant from there live but a few days, nor a man, old man, who has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die 100 years old, but the sinner being 100 years old uh, shall be a curse. And, and so it's talking about the millennium reign that it gives some indication that there is going to be death. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know how that all works, but um, you know the the child's going to lay down with the and play with the serpent. Uh, the lion and the lamb are going to lay down. Uh, there isn't going to be the disease and sickness that we have today, but it does give in Isaiah chapter sixty five some indication that there's going to be death in the millennium reign. And I would assume, when you talk about the resurrection, that when they die, they would be immediately resurrected, um, because each one will be resurrected in its own order, will be resurrected, a new heavenly body at the rapture. The Old Testament saints, Daniel chapter 12, are going to be resurrected at the end of the tribulation period. And then what about those who go through the millennium? If there's death, I assume they are resurrected. And then there's a second resurrection that takes place after the millennium reign when the heavens and the earth dissolve and then those are the unrighteous dead. That's called the second resurrection. You don't want to be a part of the second resurrection. So um, good questions. I always wonder about the millennium reign. You know, I I wonder. I did too. I thought, well, if they die, I mean, it's already been explained to us that when we die, we're in the presence of the Lord now. Right. And then uh, um, after the rapture, and you kind of have a flow going with all of that, but I got to wondering about those born and dying during that time. If they're saved, right. I can understand where they would be uh, resurrected right away. Um, but if they're, if they're not saved, if they're in the rebellion and they're not saved, then are they just... <laughs> do they just... Well, they, they will stand eventually right at the great white throne judgment, but... You know, the millennium reign is such an incredible thing. There's Isaiah probably talks more about it, um, that every, in Jeremiah, that every man will sit under his fig tree, uh, every man will eat from his own vineyards, specifically talking about Israel, but it, it's a time of peace and prosperity. There'll be no more war um, that will take place. Uh, again, righteousness will cover the earth as waters cover the sea. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, oh, man. So... Yeah, so, you know, I always wonder for us, because we're going to be in our new resurrected bodies, we're going to be glorified, and, Katie, what it says is that we are going to, um, we're going to rule and reign with him, we're going to be given responsibilities, and also in chapter 19 of Luke, we're going to be looking at the parable of the minus, 
where what we do in this life, the faithfulness of what's been given to us, will rule over 10 cities, five cities. And, and it's just incredible to think about that, uh, that we're going to be given responsibilities. How that all going to work, I don't know, but I can't wait to find out. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> all yeah. right, Pastor. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for calling, Katie. I really appreciate it. Good question. Okay, we'll see you Sunday. Yes, I will be here. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for the questions and your calls today. We're coming to the end of the show. I really appreciate it. And um, would encourage you to continue to listen to Calvary Live and uh, continue to be tuned in to Grace FM. You out there in the East Coast, you got a wonderful radio station and Hope FM. Keep learning the scriptures. Keep looking for the Lord. Keep uh, growing in the Word of God. And as you do, uh, you're going to uh, just experience just um, a closer, uh, you know, uh, relationship with Him. You're going to grow in wisdom. I just want to remind all the listeners: there's no shortcut to maturity and knowing Him than studying the Word of God. So continue to listen to good Bible teaching. Go to church. Uh, make sure you're in fellowship this summer. Uh, continue to go through the books of the Bible. And, uh, and you're going to grow tremendously, you and your family. And be sharing that with your kids because there's a lot of voices out there that will take them away from the Lord as we've talked about that even today in humanistic weddings. And, and you know, it's so different today. We have a culture that a lot of people have, have no idea about God, um, no thought to God, and we want to be a light to the world. So I just want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you to be praying for your neighbors. Be looking for the return of the Lord because he's coming back and keeping the scriptures. Uh, even as Paul told Timothy, you must continue from the scriptures that you learned from childhood. So thanks for calling in. We had a great show. Um, and I want to you to all have a wonderful evening. God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.